Welcome to Season 2 of Malaspina Theatre Podcast, recorded in our beautiful Malaspina Theatre on Nanaimo's campus. Each episode will feature members of our theatre community on a wide variety of topics that are important to our young emerging artists. Our goal is to foster discussions important to our community and highlight our ever-emerging talent to discover how they see the world. We would like to acknowledge and thank the Snunema, Kuudsen, Blamin, and the Snunoas, and the Qualcomm First Nation, and whose traditional lands we teach, learn, research, live, and share knowledge. Okay, I want to talk about how expensive it is to go to university. Why do we have to pay to park at a school that we are paying to go to? It's ridiculous. That one is wild to me. How much is it to park a day here? Like five dollars, I think. Five dollars a day. Yeah, that's how much I had to pay when I didn't want to walk because of the rain. Or you can buy a semester pass for two hundred dollars. That yeah. is right. Are you saving money in that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But okay, comparing it to UFC, where parking is like their main money source. There, mm-hmm. I think a parking. Or, so I think an employee parking pass for a year is like a thousand dollars. Just to park what? there. Yes. For an employee? For an employee to park Holy. there. Like, the, the parking there is, like, their main money. It is ridiculous how much money it costs there. So, like, 200 is a lot, yeah, but it could be so much worse. And I think students, it's, like, it's like similar. I think it's about $1,000 for students as well. It is crazy. I don't know if this was what it was like at your university, but at mine that I went to in Alberta, they mm-hmm. had built a huge parkade that was, like, six stories that was just cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like... They were trying to sell parking, and like I'm pretty sure it cost about the same or what it costs here for me to park there. Mm-hmm. So that one, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. The other thing is they had so much parking. The thing they do here is they will oversell the parking. True. Yeah. Which like some days you cannot find it. You pay for your parking and you cannot find a spot. So you have to circle for a long time, mm-hmm. be late for class maybe. Yeah. Like it's very frustrating, especially. I mean, it would happen to me my first year, my first day of school. Didn't even know where I was going, and I was super late to my first class because there was no parking. I called the security. It was like, what do I do? They're like, there's nothing you can do. If there's no spots, you have to go park somewhere, somewhere else, else yeah. and walk. And I, I, I did find one, but it, you know, it's not ideal. Yeah, and then the economy parking at the very bottom of the campus that's usually free, the only people that that's really accessible to are the people in the trades program. Right, you're not going to yeah. walk all the way up that hill. If you've got a class in like five minutes or whatever, that's way too long to walk. Oh, I've had to do it many times. Mm-hmm. But, and before, like, because they don't tell you either, like, how you park here. Like, they don't give you a little thing. This is, this is how you park at this university. I didn't know there was up there, mm-hmm. like, for my first year of school. I didn't even know that. So I was, and that was like three or four years ago. So, like, I always tried to, like, I had to park at the very bottom of the hill. And then my class is up at the top here. So it was just such a long walk. And they also, when we're on the topic of paying a lot for school, they require you for my program to spend $800 on like art supplies plus another $600 for Copic markers Mm. plus like uh, textbooks, which are each like $200 each, right? Like just, and that was all my first year, first semester. Those are added costs. So like I'd have to carry like literally like like an Apple box full of materials and things down the entire hill to my car like it was just insane it's like there wasn't an option for me to leave it there park closer and you know like Uh there's no option like I had to carry this insanely heavy box down the hill question yeah why did you have to get Copic markers those are the most expensive alcohol markers in like on the market um they it is actually a requirement we do a lot of hand sketching and a lot of hand rendering 
So, but I mean, it was a requirement. They told, they literally have packages at the, the store that say, this is the interior design program. These are the markers that you need to buy first year. And it's like a set. And you, I had to pay $600. I was just talking to some first years like a couple days ago and they were all like really upset. And I was like, guess what? We stopped using them after a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Copic markers are yeah. so expensive. And mm -hmm. there are other, like- There are amazing there other are options. A lot of other options yeah. that are less expensive. And you know, Copic, very, very good markers. Mm -hmm. But like $600 yeah. in addition to what you're paying for your program yeah. and the $800 for other art supplies? Mm -hmm. That's textbooks. insane. That's crazy. Plus they add other things in our tuition, which I think is kind of crazy. Like we found out we have to do like a field trip um, this this year and we've had to do one that's scheduled every year. Um, and we are scheduled to take like a bus to Victoria and then we were like, oh, that's kind of cool. We didn't know about that. And then he's like, oh, well, it's actually in your tuition. However, for the past three years, we have not ever gone. We've never gone to Victoria. However, it has always been in our tuition to pay for a bus that we don't take. That's I would ask so for a refund. Yeah. You've been paying for something you yeah. haven't been getting? Because we didn't know. We didn't know. We, the first, it was, it was only for, it was for all years. And then, like, first year, they were like, no, we can't send everybody. So they only sent the third and fourth years. And then second year, same thing. So we've been paying for it this whole time. And we may not go this year again, and we're still paying for it. Like, we were just, we were just informed, like, last week about it, basically. Mm. That's ridiculous. That is insane. Yeah. Nice universe. It's uh, probably the, I would say it's a pretty expensive program. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. Didn't you know, know what that the worst thing, in. though, about, from my universe, and this isn't here. This yeah. is my university in Calgary, so I'm not dissing anybody here. Mm -hmm. I had a English prof who we had to buy the textbook for, right? <laughs> right. Textbook that the prof himself wrote. Right. The prof himself wrote, put in the bookstore, and it was, like, $200 for a book yeah and then we were all like hey this is real expensive can you like he's like no like that's the char that's the price the bookstore charges sorry I'm like you literally wrote this you told them how much to sell mm -hmm. it for and you're forcing us to buy something you wrote it was ridiculous so we all bought it and then of course his textbooks was his lectures basically yeah. yeah so I'm like so we didn't need this textbook you just wanted us to give you more money because he got like yeah. 50 bucks from each sale of every textbook which mm -hmm. was ridiculous and I'm like we're already poor students. We already pay yeah. so much in tuition and you're making us even more money now for something we don't even need. That's messed yeah, up. I well, feel like that's a conflict of interest, making mm -hmm. students buy something that makes you money. So many profs do it though. Yeah, sell do. their own textbooks, yeah. which I'm like, yeah, you should not be allowed to do this. Yeah. You're literally giving yourself money at that point. That is, yeah. Like yeah. you've got a 200 person lecture, make everyone buy the book. That's so much money. Yeah. Well, it's and I crazy. think sometimes like professors forget how many classes their students are in. Mm -hmm. And so I think they see like, oh, you know, $200 for a textbook. And they're like, oh, okay, it is expensive. Yeah, and you're paying tuition. But you know, it's just 200 extra extra dollars but then it's like yeah it's 200 extra dollars for your class times five right and then it's like this is one semester and most of the textbooks don't carry over like mm -hmm. you can understand making an investment of 200 dollars if right. the textbooks carry over into like the second part of the class or if you didn't just need one textbook some classes require more than one exactly so i think as like an yeah. individual thing yeah like it's expensive for sure but mm -hmm. i don't think they grasp like how much we're actually spending on textbooks mm -hmm. Textbooks yeah. and parking and rent and it's if you're so living on expensive. campus, oh you're also gosh. paying for that. I found out that if you live on campus, you also have to pay for parking on campus, which you I do. also think is crazy. Mm -hmm. I pay three hundred dollars. Yeah, hundred and fifty yeah. a semester, so yeah. three hundred dollars just to pay where I live to yeah. have a car. There. Yeah. It is ridiculous money. Yeah, now, I, I will say I pay I pay for my car at my apartment, mm -hmm. but it's. I mean, I hate it, but it's literally not that much. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember showing up first year, like three years ago, on res, 
And I was looking at all of the empty parking spots and I was like, I don't understand why I need to be paying. Like I get if, you know, it's Mm -hmm. full and then you need to pay to secure your spot. But there were so many parking spots that were like empty. I was like, I don't understand why I have to pay $300 to keep my car where I live. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of empty parking spots right now on res. And I'm like, why did I pay this? Mm -hmm. And so how expensive is residence? Like, I know, Henry, you live in a shared room. Mm -hmm. I live in a shared room and the shared rooms are about, without a meal plan, $4,000 for the year. If I was to do a single room, it would be about seven to 8,000 in that range. Yeah, but about with the, with all the fees and everything in terms of, you know, application fees, about $8,000 for a single room. That's more than a year in our program. Mm-hmm. Mine our program was $8,000 like for the shared space. Mine was the four bedrooms, so eight people, and it was $8,000 mm-hmm. because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. it's a ridiculous no money because you're paying for the room by itself, hey? Yeah, because we were paying for the rooms like they were individuals, mm-hmm. but we were still living with three other people. Yeah, it's ridiculous money. And, you know, I get it. They're providing a service for students that aren't here. But And, like, sure, it's easier to do that than to get a place to live because, you know, rent's expensive and everything. And it's a nice, you only pay it up front. I don't have to worry about it. But, like, it's ridiculous money. Can I ask what the meal plan is? Like, is it even necessary to get? So, all they do, it's actually just, um, I don't have it, but right. I know, like, my roommate does. It's just, uh, they give you a card with money on it. So, it's mm-hmm. everything the same from the cafeteria. They just give you... So you pay $2,000 at the start for the meal plan just so that they can load up $2,000 yeah. onto a meal card to give you. Yeah, it's it doesn't like, make it's like any a sense. gift card. Yeah. It's like just just pay for it. Yeah, it's basically like, oh, you can't control your spending? Here, put $2,000 in a bank that you can only use to buy food. That's so you, basically all it is. You yeah. don't even like get bonus money. It's not like pay 2000 get 2500 no, no, you no. just get the dollar amount that you put on your card. And it's just like, Basically, imagine instead of buying a meal plan, you're just putting it into a separate bank account that mm. only gets used for food. That's all it is. That yeah. is so ridiculous. Yeah. And even if, so they have like a couple different meal plans that you can do. Um, and you don't even get, because the calf's not open seven days a week. Right. With the, the most, like they have like, you know, like hearty appetite, light appetite. With the hearty appetite, you only get, I think it's five meals a week. So it's not even, you know, two meals a day, every day kind of thing. It's only budgeted for five meals a week. You don't even get the full seven meals a week. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, and that's what I found difficult is it isn't open all week. So yeah. I, as a student, was relying on, because it was first year, right? You know, like yeah. you're going to classes, everything's new. It's really stressful. And also the addition of like cooking for yourself is yeah. a lot. So I was relying on, okay, at least my meals will be covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I showed up to the cafeteria and it was closed. And I was like, cool, um, I don't have any food at mm-hmm. home. Yeah. Well, especially with, you know, the theater program, a lot of our stuff starts at seven o'clock, which is right when, you know, the cafeteria closes. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing anything on campus past seven o'clock, you cannot get food anywhere. Exactly. It's ridiculous. I have an evening class from six to nine. So if I had classes before, then I wouldn't have time to go get dinner. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, what do you do? You can't do anything. And it's like, oh, you know, let's say you don't have a car. You're going to walk down to like the university village, which one, not a nice area Two, That's like at least a 15, 20 minute walk and hope that something else is open. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I didn't have a car my first year, so mm-hmm. I just kind of had to, like, figure it out. off of my roommates yeah. and stuff like that because I didn't have access to food. Mm-hmm. Especially in, like, if you're... Luckily, I've got, like, a kitchen in my apartment that I can use if mm-hmm. I need, but, like, yeah. if you're in, like, a single room and you've got, like, hope that no one else is using the kitchen that's in there and everything, or if you straight up don't know how to cook, you're going to eat, like, you're, what, you're eating ramen, or, or that's it. Like, it's Ramen ridiculous. monster and Gatorade, that's what we live on. It's, live on. it's so sad, because it's, like, as university students, when you first come to a university, you feel, like, first of all, like you said, really stressed out. You don't want to think about that. So having that as an extra 
I, I realized that too, like that it closed early. I was, I was just on campus kind of late and I was hoping to get something and it was closed. And then I was like thinking about the people who actually live here and I was like, and I get it, like they're people, they need to leave and go to work mm -hmm. or go home from work, right? So it makes sense, but it just sucks that they, they just don't, there's nothing else for them, you yeah. know? Well, yeah. at UFC, they had, you know, residence, dining, everything, but it was 24 hours. It was 24 hours, seven days a week. So that like, I you know, they probably have a higher budget. Though. They do. Oh, absolutely. It's a bigger university yeah. for sure. And so it makes sense. Yeah. But like, it's just sad. People to need about. to eat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like, even with, there's like the advent of pizza yeah. vending machines, just gonna, the advent of pizza vending machines. Mm -hmm. That is the best thing I've ever seen. Um, anyway, like get services that don't require people. There are pizza vending machines. There's ramen vending machines. Get the ability to get food without people if you're worried about having staff. Or have more things on campus. Like there's a subway on campus, but that's it. Like yeah. if they were to get like a Domino's on campus or something like that, like sure yeah. there's one just down the street, but if they were to get something that's open till 2 a.m., the kids can just come like pick up a pizza, easy. That's what they need to do. Exactly. Well, and the subway on campus is not super well advertised either. And mm -hmm. it's like way off in the it's corner. Also not there. even open every day, I don't think. Like yeah. I've walked by it and it's just not been open. And I'm yeah. like, cool, good. I'm glad this is here. It has <laughs> bad hours. Yeah. Well, and I like, and back to the topic of like finance, like I get that things have to be expensive because a university yeah. is expensive. It's got a lot of things it has to pay, but also this is like a time in our life where we're making probably the least amount of money we will be making. Absolutely. Because I mean, really the only jobs that are super available are minimum wage jobs because yeah. they have the flexible hours and we don't really have the work experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're getting minimum wage and you can maybe work like 20 hours a week, Even maybe a, a bit lot. more if you're lucky, but yeah. That's a lot. And so you're actively making the least amount of money that you ever have or probably ever will. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're expected to pay these like insanely high fees. Yeah. And it's like, what, are you relying on student loans for everything? And that's going to put you even in more debt? Like, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am so thankful I haven't had to take out any student loans because being in debt sounds terrifying. Like, I'm going to be in debt for the rest of my life. I'm we're we're all going to probably be in debt for oh, the rest yeah. of our lives. It's we're a poor generation. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, we're one of the poorest generations that's ever existed with the highest inflation and highest cost of things as well. Yeah. Like, I don't think we're, like, reasonably, I think that most of our generation will never own things. Like, no. we'll have houses, but they'll have mortgages on them. I don't think we'll ever actually just own stuff, Did you sucks. know? Oh. No, go ahead. Did you know that the minimum wage actually used to be called living wage? Mm -hmm. yeah. That they actually, it was like you were able to live off of it. Yep. Like if you worked full-time hours at a minimum, minimum wage job, you wouldn't be able to live off of it and have like a nice life. Mm -hmm. But now it's changed. They yeah, changed well, the name of it. They're slowly starting. I think it's Bill C-53 that's in Parliament right now for a universal basic income, mm -hmm. which, you know, it's a slow start, but it basically means that everyone has enough to get by and live, which, you know, is progress, but we're all going to be poor. It's funny going back to the mortgages and stuff. I think our generation specifically is more and more, you know, going back to living with their parents and stuff yeah. like that. And like multi-generational homes are going to be a big thing again, because people just cannot afford to own their own property. No. It's crazy expensive. And also what's the point, right? Like, multi-generational homes are going to be a thing, I think. Well, and I think that's also really important just for everything going on environmentally. Like, mm -hmm. having a shared space and occupying less space on the planet mm -hmm. may actually be super good for Oh, everything. absolutely, yeah. I also think multi-generational properties are coming back in a big way because, like, people, like, our parents who own, like, large swaths of land, mm -hmm. not very large, but if there is space to build another house, lots of kids are looking into just building a house on their mm -hmm. parents' property rather than trying to buy their own because yeah. it's too expensive. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just, I like, I can't think of, especially, you know, in, there's not much money in theater, for example, but, like, I can't think of being able to own our own property or own our own house or anything like that. Like, it's crazy money. When you look at, like, obviously Vancouver is expensive, but, like, your average place, there's, like, a million dollars for mm-hmm. some place. It's, they're not nice places, no, but they're, like, a million dollars. It's crazy. Well, you know what's so funny is that, like, I'm 25, and when my parents were 25, their dream was to buy a house, mm-hmm. and they bought one a little bit later, but, like, my dream is to, like, have a studio apartment. Like, right? I don't even have an idea of, mm-hmm. like, having, like, my own, like, house. Like, I don't really care to kind of thing, but... It's, it's almost like I've tailored my, like, um, kind of ideals based on, like, what I know is, like, more achievable, mm-hmm. maybe. I mean, I, I still, I, I really like the idea of having a small, compact space, too. Mm-hmm. So, I don't we know. We should just move to Detroit. Do you remember Detroit a couple of years ago? Because the downtown Detroit has been completely destroyed in terms of, like, economics and everything like that and the housing market. They were, you could buy a house for, I think... A hundred dollars, and you yeah, could buy the house. Huge. It would be huge because no one wants to live there because it's com- yeah. it's been economically destroyed. It's their social structure has been destroyed, and they just want people to come back and start starting lives there. So they're like, you know what? Here's property. You can have it for a hundred dollars. It's yours. Build whatever you want on there, just to try and like get people back in. You know, I've heard the same thing about. Um, I think there's like another country in Europe, like a small country. They're paying people to come there, and I would prefer mm-hmm. to do that. I think it's. I think in Croatia, America. that's where they're doing it. So what I'm hearing is we're grabbing our passport. Get the passport. Think, let's get out of here. How many of us do we need? Because like realistically, if we got a hundred people mm-hmm. to move into a city, yeah. could we start making our own little town? We could start a hamlet. We should. You know what? <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> Everybody grab who you Everyone know. Everyone grab your passport, grab, your grab who you know, grab $100, let's get let's going. Let's get out of here. <laughs> that interesting idea. I think that, like, as a generation, we'll start doing more weird things like that. Just mm-hmm. starting, like, uh, oh, what are they called? Uh, not. What do you mean? Where a bunch of people live on, like, a piece yeah. of land. Oh, oh yeah. Not that. Not um, that. Like, um, like what the Amish do, kind of, yeah, but, but modern. Not, but not, yeah. Um, Starts with the C. Cannot remember the name. But yeah, like a, a, com, a commune? A commune. A commune. I don't know. That's the word. I feel like communes are coming back. Commu- so for our <laughs> listeners, if you want to apply to live on a plot of land yeah. with us, we'll put out a submission We're form. taking PayPal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think, like, communes, communes get a bad rap. But if we look at it, like, in its basis, it's just a bunch of people living on the same property, hanging out, and helping each other mutually. Do they usually have some crazy religious stuff going on? Yes, but we don't have to do that. Just a bunch of people working to a better goal. So what I'm hearing is (laughs) a bunch of people working towards a better goal, the common good. Communism works. Oh no. Communism works. Are we saying yes to communism? We're saying yes to communism and yes to the commune. We're saying yes to the commune. Communism. The commune. Okay. Give me genuine reasons why communism doesn't work. The reason communism doesn't work is because, as people, we are corrupt yeah, and keep fucking it up. people are selfish and keep messing it up. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think... I think as previous idea, generations in theory, are. I think it's a good theory. However, in practice... Historically, it hasn't gone very okay, well, Okay, there's Henry. a lot of things in history that didn't go well. We should try some things again. In a good way. What I'm saying is, I think this new generation genuinely wants the best for themselves... And for moving forward in life, communism. How about how about we start with like socialism? Ooh. All right, we can start with socialism, and we the can. end goal for the greater good is communism. I think if we start with socialism, we see how that goes, and then if that goes horribly, we go just we, we hop back. 
straight to communism. No, no. Nope. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Henry, you're getting a little too political here. Okay, we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah. But let's start a commune. Sounds good. Can we can can we have like a rock? Like a big rock in the middle? Sure. You find us a rock. You go out right now, you find us a rock, and we'll put it in the middle of our commune. I will find us a rock. Cool. We are sacred rock. Well, let's go start a commune. <laughs>